You know how in every movie or TV show ever that women are like at the grocery store or somewhere like that and their water breaks and they have their baby like five minutes later? Yeah, that's not real life. <laughs> in fact, oftentimes a mom's water breaking is not the first thing that happens to start labor. And very frequently, your midwife or doctor will want to break your water for you. But is that a good idea? Let's talk about that today. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. I love reviews. I love reviews. They encourage me so much. And this week, the review I'm going to read is from Lee JK10. She left it back in November and she said, love this podcast. I appreciate it. All aspects of this podcast as I'm preparing for my third birth. Lori gives such practical and statistical advice on birth for cesarean birth mamas. I've shared this podcast with my friends. I'm thankful that she is a Christian sharing God's plan for birth. And Lee, I am thankful for you. And I am so thankful not only that you left me a review, but that you took the time to share this podcast with your friends. There is nothing better than word of mouth. You know, we all listen to our friends a whole lot more than we listen to ads or commercials. And so there's nothing that means more than that to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And if you have not left me a review yet, you know, I always ask for you to do that for me. It only takes about 30 seconds to just hit pause and go do that. But today there's an even bigger reason for it because next week is my birthday on the day that the podcast will release. Podcasts always come out on Tuesdays. It's my birthday. And so if you haven't left me a review yet, what a cool birthday present it would be for me to just get flooded with tons of reviews between now and next Tuesday. That's just a little hint and a little nudge for what I want for my birthday this year. And the cool thing is I have a gift for you for my birthday as well, but you're going to have to hang in till the end to hear about it. So don't go away, especially, especially if you have been considering grabbing that childbirth education course, or maybe you needed a midwife and me power hour session, you're definitely going to want to hang in there to hear the deal at the end, the present for me to you for my birthday. Okay. So today we're talking about whether or not you should let your birth attendant break your water. You know, a recurring theme in this podcast are all the things that are done to us as women that are against God's design for birth that end up backfiring at some place down the road. Many of the things that are routinely done in the maternity world lead to an endpoint of having to save you from the thing that they actually caused. And today's topic, as you might have imagined, can be one of those things. It's not always, but it can be. 
So first thing we want to talk about is what is your water? What is, what does that even mean? So your water is actually known as your amniotic fluid, and it's held inside of an amniotic sac, which is kind of like a balloon, if you want to think of it that way. It's a couple of membranes that are very close together that fill up with fluid over the course of, of pregnancy that your baby floats in. Inside of that fluid, there is all kinds of different things, the way that God made it. Mostly it's a liquid substance, but there's also other things in it as well. And its purpose is to protect your baby. It is a cushion around them to keep them from getting easily bumped and knocked around. Um, it also is just protection from the outside world to keep infection from or invasion from outside um how shall we say it, from outside microbes from getting in, things that could make the baby sick, that sac with that fluid in it protects your baby. Normally, it breaks on its own at some point. In fact, it will always break on its own at some point if you leave it alone. Sometimes it happens during labor. In fact, usually it happens at some point during labor. Occasionally, it happens before labor begins at all. So those are the times when it breaks and either you're not even term yet, meaning you're not even at least 37 weeks, or maybe you're past 37 weeks, but you haven't had any real contractions or anything and your water just breaks. That would be called having your water break before your labor begins. And then rarely, very rarely, it doesn't break until after the baby is born. And that is one of the coolest things. It's called being born in call. It is, I've only seen personally in person, it happened once and it actually didn't completely happen because the baby's head came out still in the membranes, but then it ruptured before the whole baby got out. But it was very, very cool. And it's one of the coolest things that we experience as birth attendants. How is it broken artificially, though? So normally it breaks on its own. There's some little spot, maybe of weakness, that it gives way because the sac isn't needed anymore and it's time for it to go. But if it doesn't give on its own, in the time that the attendant wants it to, because like I said, it always will eventually. There are ways that it can be broken artificially. The process goes a little something like this. There's, there's two main ways that birth attendants will break water. One, and really the most common way I experienced as a practitioner, is with a hook. And the hook, imagine kind of like a crochet hook. It's a long plastic hook that on the end, there's kind of that little part that goes around like what you would imagine on the end of a crochet hook. And basically we guide it in between our fingers while doing a cervical exam and go past the cervix into where the membranes are and then use that little hook to snag the membranes and tear a little hole to where the water comes out. There's also something called a finger cot. Think of it, oh, how could I even describe that? It's just, it's like a little piece of rubber that goes over the end of your finger that you then take in as you're doing a cervical exam and kind of use it to snag the bag of water. It's the same concept. Very rarely, I've also seen it done with the spiral from an electronic fetal monitor, an internal fetal monitor from the fetal scalp electrode. Not really going to go into that too much today. Just uh, know that that's one way that it can be done, but it's not a very common one. This process can be very easy or it can be very hard. If you are well into labor and your cervix is what's called anterior, that means it's not pointing towards your back anymore. It's kind of pointing straight down. So when we go in to do a cervical exam, it's kind of just right there straight in. It's pretty easy. 
But you can imagine if it is posterior still and see normally before labor starts, your cervix of your uterus is kind of pointing towards your back and it can be hard to get to. And so if it's hard to get to because it's still posterior, you can imagine it's going to be very uncomfortable because if a cervical exam is uncomfortable, then trying to break water through that cervical exam is going to be even more uncomfortable. Yes, I've done this many, 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 many times as a provider. Um, but in retrospect, I really wish I hadn't. And most of the time, I really didn't have much of a choice because I was working for another provider that pretty much made us do it. But I will say that I've done many. It's not that hard, but it can be very uncomfortable and it can cause mom a lot of discomfort just while the process is going on. So why would you want to break the water? There's two main reasons. One is induction. You're trying to make labor happen. It hasn't started and you're trying to make it happen. In general, you really shouldn't use this as a first step of induction because if, if you're not in labor yet, you don't want to be, quote, on the clock, meaning we're watching you for infection already. But some practitioners do do it as a standard part of starting the induction process or at maybe some set point in the induction. There's also, this is also used for augmentation. Augmentation means you're adding to it. So maybe you're already in labor and we're trying to speed it up. Then sometimes breaking water can cause that to happen. So the pros of having your water broken, technically it can speed it up. It doesn't always, but sometimes it does. As with many things, it often just kind of depends on how far into labor you are. If you're really early in labor, there's a very good chance it's not going to do much for you. But if you're well into your labor, especially towards the end, getting rid of those membranes can make birth happen faster. The cons, well, it removes that protective layer I told you about. So when you remove that protective layer, there's now an increased risk of infection because there's nothing stopping bacteria from finding its way into the amniotic area or the amniotic sac, the upper part of the membranes are usually still there, but the lower part will be ruptured. And especially if your practitioner is checking you a lot, checking your cervix a lot, every time they check you and their hand tracks through your vagina, there's bacteria in there that can get into the baby's area and cause infection. The other risk, and this one's a big one because of the level of emergency it can cause if it happens, it's the risk of a cord prolapse. So a cord prolapse is when the baby's umbilical cord comes out in front of its presenting part, which is usually the head. So think of the, it's, it's the cord is a lifeline for the baby, right? It's the, all of the blood supply for the baby. So if the cord comes out ahead of the baby's head or presenting part, then it's now going to be having pressure applied to it that's going to cut off its circulation. And when that happens, it is an emergency and you will have a C-section very quickly. And whoever checks you and finds that that cord is down there is going to have their hand in your vagina, pushing the baby's head up off of its cord until the delivery happens. It is a serious emergency and it's not something that you want to experience. This one can be prevented by not breaking the water unless the baby's head is well engaged. And your practitioner should know that. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because it's not something that you're going to necessarily know because you're not the one down there checking. But if the baby's head is well applied to the cervix and is down into the pelvis, the risk of this happening is pretty much eliminated. 
But if it's if the head's floating, if it's not well applied, that cord can sneak down in there and all of a sudden you've got an emergency on your hands. So that is one con of having your water broken that's a pretty big one. Now, having your water broken is not a guarantee, as I mentioned before, and I'm, I said that term on the clock, it puts you on the clock. And what that means is the clock towards C-section. And that is because of that increased risk of infection I mentioned. Usually, most hospital-based practitioners are not going to want you to still be pregnant more than 24 hours after your water breaks, whether or not it breaks on its own or whether it was broken artificially. Once you hit that 24-hour mark, they start looking at you funny, and any little sign of infection, they're going to want to put you on antibiotics. They're going to start trying to encourage you to have a C-section. So that clock, though, will not ever start until your water breaks. So this is one reason why if your water hasn't broken on its own, it's a good idea to leave it alone because that rushing aspect won't ever be put on you if your water hasn't broken. Another big con is that your pain increases. So think about you've got your baby in your uterus floating around and it's got this big bubble around it. And yes, it makes your belly bigger because there's a lot of fluid and there's a lot of things going on in there, but it also is a cushion to make the uterus not contract quite as strong. So that means that you don't have quite as much pain. And that is a good thing, especially early on, because if your labor is one of the ones that goes kind of long, that intensity that can happen if your water is broken becomes hard to take after a while. So the longer we can keep your waters intact, it's actually a good thing. Me personally, all three of my babies, my water didn't break until I was pushing. And that was a blessing because it really helped me cope better with labor right up until the end. And so if you keep the, that, that membrane intact, you're going to have a little bit of help in dealing with the pain. Now, when you get towards the end, if it's you are getting exhausted, your membranes are intact, and your practitioner suggests that maybe breaking your waters can make things go faster, that would be the one time that I would say, yeah, maybe it's a good idea just because when you're towards the end, it really can make a difference. But just keep in mind, it's going to hurt a little worse. And then the last con I'll, I'll list here is that when you get your water broken, and this is just kind of a cool thing preference that you're going to totally miss out on, is if you get your water broken, there is no chance of your baby being born in call. And that's that very cool thing that I mentioned before. Obviously, if your water breaks on its own, you can't do anything about it. But I got really close with all three of mine to having that happen. Like I said, they all broke right as I was pushing towards the end. But that's a thing that's so, so neat to see your baby born in its sack. And it almost never happens. But if you have your water broken for you, it's definitely not going to happen. So that's just one little cool thing that you might miss out on. And there's a good chance it's not going to happen anyway, but there's no chance of it happening if you get your water broken. Okay, so contraindications. These are the things that are reasons to never have your water broken. Number one, your baby's presenting part, usually its head, is not engaged. Again, that just means that the head is well applied to the cervix, meaning it's up against it and it's not bouncing around. It's, you know, on its way out. It's not floating around in the water, in the amniotic fluid anymore. And preferably it's also down into your pelvis. Um, so if your baby's presenting part of its head is not well engaged, you don't need to have your water broken. Number two, if you have either vasa previa or placenta previa, 
if you haven't heard these terms, that's a good thing. That means you don't have it, but it just basically means your, your placenta or vessels from your placenta are extending over your cervix. Then obviously you don't want to go through your cervix for anything. You don't even want to be checked because that can cause bleeding, which is an emergency situation, but your provider should know that. And that should never happen to you if you have those situations. Another reason is if you have filamentous insertion of the cord or you suspect it, again, if you haven't heard that term, that's a good thing. That means you don't have it. Don't worry about it. It just basically means that the cord is not well inserted to the placenta and there's a chance that you might snag one of the vessels when you do it. Again, if you haven't heard that, good chance you don't have it and not something you need to worry about. I'm certainly not trying to put th more things into your head that you can be afraid of. But if you have had those terms said to you, then that would be reasons to not have your water broken. And then the last one is you're not in labor. Because if you're not in labor, you don't want to be put on this clock because it's very hard to make labor start when it's not ready yet. So if you break your water and you're not in labor yet, you're going to have, have your back up against the wall before you know it. So should you have your water broken? Well, you probably know what I'm going to say here, right? There's really not much of a good reason. If you've labored for a very long time and you're on your way to your birth plan being totally thrown out the window, then that might be a time that it's something to try. But only if you're well dilated and your labor's just kind of slowed down and you're getting worn out and maybe it's kind of a last stitch effort to get things rolling again that have kind of petered out. But remember that God put those membranes there for a reason. And if they haven't broken on their own yet, there's a reason and it's always best to wait on God and his timing because he knows best. All of those pros that I listed a few minutes ago, they're all theoretical and they might not even happen. They might speed things up, but they might not. So it's a risk you're taking that's bringing many other risks that might not really be necessary. And anytime we try to take things into our own hands, we bring a lot of things that wouldn't have existed at all if we had just left them alone. You know, there are so, so many things to sort through in labor, especially if you're not a medical person, you haven't ever worked in this world. It's just a lot. It's a lot to learn. It's a lot to figure out. And this is just one of them. So if you're wanting a comprehensive way to learn all you need to know so you can be well informed when your labor comes, I've got that solution for you. My online Christian childbirth education course covers everything under the sun, including this. It's a comprehensive body of information from a Christian perspective. And there's a lot of scripture in there. And we talk about God a lot. So you get a good balance of how the system works with how God designed you to work. My mamas who have taken this course have given excellent reviews and many have gone on to have the births they were dreaming of having. And you could be that next one. So if you want to learn more about it, head over to yourbirthgodsway.com slash replay course to learn more. And remember at the first, I told you that I had a birthday present for you from me. Now, normally on birthdays, you're the one getting the presents, right? It's supposed to be me getting the presents. It's my birthday. But this time I'm getting older. Presents aren't that exciting anymore. I'm going to give you a present. Next Tuesday, December 12th is my birthday. So to celebrate, I am going to give you 10% off of the course or a midwife and me power hour, whichever one you want, or maybe both if you need them both. Yay! That's a pretty cool offer. 
because now you're going to get all that information or you're going to get an hour of time one-on-one with me working through your specific situation at a discount. Now that offer expires on Tuesday on my birthday. So you've got one week to get signed up. So if you're ready to step into being empowered and you're ready to work with me to have your birth God's way, head on over to my website and grab your course or your power hour session with me while it's on sale. And remember, my power hours are very limited because of my busy, busy schedule. So if that's what you need and you're trying to grab it while it's on sale, don't waste time. Make sure you get over there and grab it while you can. To get the course, you either go to that blue button at the top that says childbirth course. To get a midwife and me power hour, you go to the tab that says consultation. And for both of those, when you get to checkout, just use the code BDAY, B-D-A-Y, and that'll get you 10% off. Again, just go to yourbirthgodsway.com and either click consultation or childbirth course, or you can just go down to the show notes. The links for both of those are down there. And when you get to checkout, use coupon code B-D-A-Y or B-Day. And I will see you right back here next week on my birthday. Bye. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.